0: I woke up today and I thought, man, let's blow some minds. Welcome to the Anxious Therapist Podcast. My name is Jacqueline and I am your host. I'm a licensed therapist, online mental health coach, and I have anxiety and depression. I am here to bring you raw, real, relatable content to remind you we are never alone. And today's episode is no different. Are you ready? Let's do this. Your girl is back in therapy. And I have so much to catch you up on as well as an idea, a concept that is going to blow your mind today. So quick update about therapy. It took me forever to find someone who I could vibe with. And when I finally did, man, y'all, she is it. She is fantastic, non-judgmental, relatable, so kind, has a ton of empathy. We laugh, we swear. She just keeps it real. And what I appreciate is that she understands Hey, you're a therapist too. And we don't have to start from the absolute basics. So like literally day one, we dove headfirst into my struggles and just started taking action. And I love that. Uh, it's been really great. I've been seeing her for about a month now and I really adore her. She gives me things to work on between sessions. It's awesome. We are focusing primarily on my intrusive thoughts and my sleep. Um, Ever since, you know, Lars sleeps through the night, 12 hours, every single night, uh, since he was about three months old. And I don't say that to brag. Like, mamas, if you're in the thick of it, struggling, and your baby's not sleeping, been there. That's awful, I feel for you. Um, I only say that because I have ample opportunity to sleep every night. I go to bed at 9, 9.30, and I can sleep until 6.30 when he wakes up. But my body, my body and my brain, they feel differently. So I fall asleep within two minutes. Usually Derek reads to me before bed and sometimes we'll watch Friends or something for a couple minutes, but I literally fall asleep so fast and that's actually a sign of sleep deprivation. So it's not a good thing when you can fall asleep very quickly. It should take you about 10 or 15 minutes to kind of unwind, calm down, get in that relaxed state and then fall asleep. Nah, your girl gets in bed, closes my eyes, and I'm like, out. So that's not a good thing. But then um, I started using my watch to track my sleep just to see, like, is it as crummy as it feels like it is? And the answer is a hard yes. It is very poor. If you use a sleep tracker or whatever, my sleep score averages about 50 Sometimes it's in the 40s. Every once in a while, I'll have like a 63. But for the most part, I stay around the like 52 mark. Um, that's out of 100. Okay. I rarely get deep sleep. I'm not still for more than 30 minutes at a time. Like it's not, it's not quality sleep. Okay. So I'm running on, you know, maybe four hours every single night. And that is not even consecutive sleep. So that's throughout the whole eight and a half, nine hours that I'm in bed attempting to sleep. So anyway, it's really poor and we're trying to figure out how we can make improvements. And you know, my therapist is like, I'm not a pill pusher, but girl, you cannot live like this. Like you may need to go see a psychiatrist and get prescribed something. And I personally just don't want to go that route. I think it would give me more anxiety to feel like I'm taking a medication that's going to zonk me out. And what if Lars needs me, right? What if he wakes up in the night and is yelling and I don't hear him and you know Derek sleeps hard so whatever like I just don't feel great about that option and I want to make sure I exhaust everything else before I do that so I'm doing you know my normal movement during the day making sure I'm getting outside getting a lot of fresh air sunshine all of that is really good for sleep um, making sure it's a good temperature in our room. That I'm putting devices away an hour before bed. So I'm reading. I'm having Derek read to me. You know, I'm taking my magnesium, which has been upsetting my stomach lately. So I'm kind of pulling back from that. Um, magnesium is an amazing supplement. It's great for headaches. It's great for constipation. It's great for sleep. Um, it is a relaxant, basically. So, um it relaxes your bowels it relaxes your body right so um i think it's just kind of upsetting my stomach and so like the day after i drink it i always kind of have a stomach ache so i'm kind of taking a break from that right now um you know and i could take melatonin but like melatonin is a a sleepy feeling right it's to make you sleepy that's something your body naturally produces (laughs) And it's that feeling when your eyes just like want to close and, you know, you're ready for bed. Like, I don't need that. I don't need melatonin because I have no problem falling asleep. It's the staying asleep that's an issue. So we're working on that. We're working on my intrusive thoughts. We realize that all of my intrusive thoughts are related to safety. Uh, Every time, you know, I have an intrusive thought, it is very much related to someone. I love getting hurt and especially in relation to having Lars... I, my brain is constantly projecting and and feeling like something bad's gonna happen to him. So we're addressing that. And she's giving me activities and things to process and reflect on on my own. And I started a bullet journal so that I can have in time. So she's calling it my, um, like, it's self care, it's, you know, quiet mom time, right? But she's having me do this work this in time where I take time just for me. And bullet journaling has been really fun for that. It allows me to be creative. It allows me to be imperfect and challenge my thoughts of like, you know, I can't just rip a page out when it doesn't look how I want it to. I I just got to roll with it or whatever. So it's really great. It's been really therapeutic. I'm enjoying it. Um, We realized I have no hobbies. I don't do anything for me. I move my body every day and I you know, cook food for my family and I clean the house and I take care of the baby and I provide free content about mental health all over social media and in the podcast and all this stuff. And she's like, but what do you do for you? Cause that all seems to be for other people. And I'm like, ah, motherfucker. <laughs> God damn it. So I'm working on finding out what I enjoy. Um, I'm kind of short on ideas at the moment. It's kind of been a struggle. So still exploring that. Uh, But that is kind of your therapy update. She diagnosed me with a perinatal mood disorder because obviously I have a history of depression and anxiety. And what I'm struggling with now is in relation to um, like postpartum anxiety and depression. So that's why it's labeled a perinatal mood, mood disorder. So that is what we're working on. That's my therapy update. Your girl is back in the, on the couch and it feels really good. It feels good to be making progress, to be working on things, to be in a safe space where I can receive validation and support and suggestions. Sometimes she says things and I'm like, Jesus, I teach this to other people, but I wasn't applying it to myself. Like, what is up with that? And then we laugh and have a good time. So shout out to my therapist. She's fucking awesome. Um, okay. Now to blow your mind. There is something, and this is not the first time you're hearing this from me, okay? This is not a brand new concept by any means, but more of a reminder. I was in a workshop this week, um, just a free workshop. You know, I'm always pouring into myself, learning, growing, trying to be the best me, and was reminded that my brain is, and yours too, is only concerned with efficiency, okay? Okay? your brain is efficient as fuck. And that's all it cares about. It just wants to think things as quickly as possible. It hates the unknown. It hates being confused. It hates questions. It just wants to know all the things to keep you alive. So that means your brain has, I don't even know, countless neural pathways, right? And a neural pathway is like, a groove, a divot in your brain. So it tells you you know, based on like you open the fridge and you see yesterday's leftover pizza and your brain goes, "Ooh, don't eat that. Don't eat that. You're going to regret it." Because your brain got sucked into diet culture from a young age and it has now labeled pizza as bad. So that neural pathway fires automatically, instantaneously, because it's always has. You've thought that way for years and years and years. And so it's efficient to have that same thought again. Your brain doesn't care that you have decided to say, fuck diet culture and eat the pizza. Your brain doesn't care about that. It's like, no, no, no. We've been thinking this way for a long time and that works for us. So I'm going to think this thought automatically every time. I have labeled pizza as bad, pizza as a cheat. So therefore, when you open the fridge, you see the pizza and you think about eating it, brain is gonna tell you, nope, that's, mm -mm, that goes against our diet culture mentality and we're not eating the pizza because pizza is bad. Okay, your brain's just efficient. So when you think about, everything that has to do with your mental health. When you're frustrated because you're having intrusive thoughts or you're feeling anxious all the time or you're depressed and you can't get out of bed or your trauma is eating you alive, it's because your brain is super efficient. When you're having all those anxious thoughts over and over and over again and you have to reframe it A million times and you're challenging it and you keep going back and you have the same thought and you think something is wrong with you you literally feel broken because how many times am i going to have to reframe this same exact thought why does my brain keep doing this to me because your brain's efficient it wants the easiest way from point a to point b and it's just going back it's going to constantly revert back to what it already knows Okay. So if at some point you experienced trauma in your life and your brain assessed the situation and said, that was my fault, whatever it was, that, that thing was my fault. I caused that to happen. Every time you think about that trauma, right? You're in therapy or you're journaling, you're reflecting, you're working with a coach and you think about that trauma. Your brain's going to say, that was your fault. That was your fault. You brought that on yourself because it's been thinking that same thought for years and years and years. Okay? It's the same reason why you still think about certain people from high school who were bullies or bitches or whatever, jerks, and you're like, "God, yeah, I understand like we're in our 30s now, but shit, that person is still an asshole." Your brain's like, "Yep, that person's an asshole. They're they're still a bully." They are still a jerk. Your brain can't grasp that that person has likely changed the same way that you have. <laughs> they are likely not even anything close to who they were 10, 20, 30 years ago. But your brain just wants to be efficient. So you see that person come up in your like friends you may know, let's say, on social media. And you're like, hell no. You were a bitch and I want nothing to do with it even though you have no idea what that person is like today, right? Because your brain is just efficient. It had a thought. That thought seems effective, so it's going to keep thinking that thought. This is why it's so hard to break out of diet culture. It's so hard to overcome your anxious or depressive thoughts to think something new because your brain isn't interested in learning new things. It's like, nah, this is working for us. You have to remember your your brain is very primitive, meaning all it cares about is keeping you alive. So your heart is beating, your lungs are pumping, the blood is rushing through your system. We're golden, right? That's all your brain cares about. So it doesn't, it do, it's not interested in learning how to challenge your anxious thoughts or learning how to reframe your, your depressive thoughts that tell you you're worthless and useless and you're never going to get better. It's not interested in that, right? It's found thoughts that work for it. It's like, this is efficient. I'm good. Why would I make changes? Okay, because changes feels uncomfortable. That feels unknown. And your brain doesn't want discomfort. It wants easy Because it's a survival mechanism. Because danger lies in discomfort. So I want you to really think about this. When you're struggling to make changes. When you are working on your mental health and it feels like it's not going to stick. And you're struggling and struggling and struggling and you're just saying, why? Why is this happening? I'm working so hard, but I just keep going back to the way things were. You know, for every anxious thought that I challenge, it just seems to pop up more and more and more. This is on your brain. The good news is those neural pathways can be reformed. It just takes a lot of time and attention and patience and repetition. But that's why you're here. You're listening to this podcast because you want to make those changes. You're ready to challenge your brain in that way. So now I just need you to stick it out. I hope this was the reminder that you needed today to keep going, keep fighting, keep challenging those thoughts. You will form new pathways in your brain if you keep showing up and telling it who's boss. You're crushing it. I'm so proud of you. I love sharing this space with you. It is an absolute honor of mine. If you found this pod- podcast episode helpful, share it with a friend. That is the only way the podcast gets out there. And I am so grateful for your support. I can't wait to see you in the next episode.